This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Two weeks ago, we started a series that we're going to continue through this summer and on as the Lord leads. Using as our basis the scriptural truths found in John Bunyan's The Pilgrim's Progress. I've entitled this series Measuring the Pilgrim's Progress because that work, and I believe he was spirit-controlled, spirit-filled when he wrote it. It's not inspired. But uh, that God used him to write that allegory to help us measure our progress as pilgrims of the Lord. And so the series is entitled Measuring the Pilgrim's Progress. As we look at this story and we, uh, we see that in fact it's just rich with scripture. Uh, the characters in the story, whether they know the Lord or not, are quoting the Bible. And there's so much rich imagery that causes us to take a step back and examine our own pilgrimage. So we looked at the historical background of the man John Bunyan. Tonight we're going to get right into the story itself. As John Bunyan walked through the wilderness of this world, he tells us that he came upon a certain place where there was a den and what he was referring to there was one of two prisons where he was incarcerated because of his faith in Christ. This particular den, he refers to as Bedford Jail. So you can imagine a believer being persecuted in a cold prison. And no doubt in those years, the first imprisonment was 12 years, no doubt in those years of imprisonment, he had many dreams. And so he uses that as saying, I had this dream. As he dreamed in that place, he saw a man standing, clothed in rags, with a book in his hand and a great burden on his back. As the man read the book, he wept and trembled. Every time I refer to this book, Quoting Bunyan, you need to realize he's talking about the book, capital B. It's this book. And so he wept and trembled. He broke out with a great cry and said, what shall I do? Reminds us of a few times in scripture, does it not? Where under great conviction, hearing the word of God... Souls that understood their serious condition cried out. In fact, at Pentecost, when Peter preached Acts 2.37, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What was the burden on their back? Well, they had just been reminded they crucified their Messiah. Now, the good news was he wasn't still dead. He had risen from the grave. The Philippian jailer as well. 
At a moment when he was about to take his own life, realizing the great burden of his own sin and having heard the truth of Scripture through two imprisoned missionaries, says, what must I do to be saved? And so in this condition, Pilgrim, as we'll refer to him, went to his home and tried to hide his distress from his wife and children. But as he kept silent, his trouble increased. When he could abide no longer, he said to his family, Oh, my dear wife, and you, my children, am I myself undone by reason of this burden hard upon me? Moreover, I have been informed of a certainty that our city will be burnt with fire from heaven, and in the overthrow, myself with you, my wife, and you, my sweet babes, shall come to ruin, except some way be found whereby we may be delivered, though I haven't discovered the way yet. So he sounds an alarm. He's concerned. Danger awaits destruction, but I don't know the way. At this, his family was amazed, not because they believed him, but because they thought some malady had affected his mental stability. With all haste, they got him to bed, hoping that sleep might settle his brains. But the night troubled him as the day, and he spent the hours in sighing and tears. In the morning, when asked of his state, he told them, worse and worse. As he tried to speak to them again, they became hardened and harsh. Then they ignored him. He withdrew to his chamber, then to the fields, all the while reading and praying, trying to console his own misery. Can I just pause and say it's easy for us to forget the miserable state of the lost around us or even our own state before we were saved. We must not forget. Some of you can remember that in your own homes and families, there was no escape until you came to Christ. In fact, some may testify that no, it was my family and my home that actually made it Harder, because they did not understand the anguish of my soul, the searching of my heart. Psalm 142, verse 4 says, I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. Well, as he walked in the fields and read the book, he burst out in distress. What shall I do to be saved? Not knowing where to turn, he looked and saw a man named Evangelist coming to him. The man stopped, looked in his eyes and asked, Why do you cry? He answered, Sir, I perceive by the book in my hand that I am condemned to die and after that to come to judgment and I'm not willing to do the first nor able to do the second. Again, Hebrews 9.27 
And just as it's appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. I'm so thankful that in Hebrews chapter 9, the assurance of coming judgment is followed by the assurance, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. Yet in our story, Pilgrim has not gotten to that full realization yet, but he will. Then said Evangelist, why are you not willing to die since this life is attended by so many evils? Pilgrim answered, because I fear that this burden upon my back will sink me lower than the grave and I shall fall into the darkness and utter chaos of hell. And sir, if I be not fit to go to prison, I am not fit to go to judgment and from there to execution. And these things make me cry. Again, may we pause and think of the reality. It is appointed unto man wants to die. And let me ask you, what is the judgment? What is it? Help me. It's the great white throne judgment for a lost man and then what? eternal fire eternal damnation and hell which will then be cast into the lake of fire you realize that that place has existed since Satan fell and after almost now 7,000 years of human history every lost soul has gone there and those that you and I rub shoulders with, those pilgrims who cry in anguish over their sin and fear of coming judgment, the only way they'll be delivered is through the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that is why you and I are still here. This evangelist should bring conviction to our hearts because we're here to be an evangelist too. Then said Evangelist, if this is your condition, why do you stand still? Pilgrim answered, because I know not whether to go. Then he gave him a parchment roll on which was written, opening it up, flee from the wrath to come. But where must I flee, said Pilgrim? Evangelist pointed to an open field and said, do you see yonder narrow gate? No, was the reply. Then said Evangelist, do you see the shining light in the distance? I think I do. Evangelist responded, keep that light in your eye and go up directly there too. So shall you see the gate. And when you knock, it shall be told you what you shall do. Again, this picture is full of rich Imagery. The natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness. He is still in sin and therefore still in darkness. We can point them in the right direction, but unless the Spirit of God brings illumination to their hearts, they'll never see. And so we need to pray, Lord, 
Open their eyes. Lord, empower your word through this evangelist that I might proclaim your truth and that the light might be seen for them to be able to get to that narrow gate. But I also rejoice in that any pilgrim who pursues God they're not going to have all the answers at the beginning and even after they're saved. We don't have all the answers that we would like, but we have the answers we need. Amen. The point is, the Lord says, if you will draw nigh unto me, I will draw nigh unto you. If you seek me, I will be found of you. And Thus, with every step, Pilgrim was one step closer to the cross. So let's close tonight. Few find the straight gate leading to the narrow path. Matthew 7, 14 tells us there's a broad way. Many are on that road. But few find the straight gate because few, like Pilgrim's family, are willing to admit the distress of their souls and seek for deliverance from their sin burdens. And I don't no, everyone listening to the sound of my voice tonight, the condition of your soul. But here's what I do know. All of us were born in sin. And the longer we live, the more keenly aware we are of our sinfulness and the great burden of our sin and our own deserving of judgment. We Become very, very aware of that. Now, the older we get, there are ways we try to ignore it, drown it out, deny it. But all of sin comes short of the glory of God, and the Spirit of God ministers to our hearts. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. And that drawing means conviction of sin. That's why the Holy Spirit is here. That is His work. To reprove the world of sin, coming judgment, but how to be righteous. And so if you're listening tonight and that weight of sin is still on your back, I want to point you to Jesus. I want you to know through the pages of this book that yes, there is coming judgment, but Jesus Christ took your judgment on himself he took that load and placed it on his shoulders. And if you will believe on Jesus Christ, you can be delivered and saved now. Though the way is not clear for the natural man, if he or she would follow the light given by God's Son, they would find the way. So dear sinner, clothed in the filthy rags of your own self-righteousness and burdened with sin, in the place where you are standing, take up the book. Believe what is written about coming judgment. Then turn to Jesus, the light of the world, who has delivered us from the wrath to come. Two times in the New Testament, we see our Lord saying to the Pharisees, Who hath warned you to flee the wrath to come? But I'm so thankful that in 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 10, it tells us that through Christ, 
we have been delivered from the wrath to come. Let's let him be our deliverer. And thank God that as pilgrims, we have been delivered. Let's stand together and we'll be dismissed in prayer. Father, thank you. Thank you that in this journey called life, you've not left us without a witness. This is a sin-cursed earth and all of us are born as sinners. But Lord Jesus, thank you that for everyone here tonight, you sent someone who cared for our souls. Lord, we were able to hear your word, maybe read the scripture for ourselves. And Lord, you directed us to yourself and to the narrow way. Now, Lord, as we leave here tonight, we're surrounded by folks in a dark world who are living under the burden of sin. And God, would you help us to show the compassion that evangelist does in the story. To ask why they're burdened, why they cry. And Lord, help us to share the precious gospel. If there's anyone here tonight not sure of their salvation, Lord, still feeling the weight of sin, that they've never been delivered by being saved, even as we close the service tonight, would you help them to seek uh, me out, one of the pastoral staff here at the front, Lord, that we might have the opportunity, the privilege of showing them deliverance uh, that can be theirs in Christ. Give us safety as we head to our homes, we pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and God's Word has had an impact on your life, as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.